Magazine subscriptions. Magazine subscriptions. What are magazines? It's like you print out several articles and on glossy paper and staple them together and ship them. Yeah. It's like yeah. Amazon Prime, but for the internet. <laughs> um, so I subscribe to lots of magazines. Right now? Um, right now. I still do. Um, like what? But I switched. Many of them have now become digital subscriptions for me. Okay. Um, How does a digital magazine get delivered to you? To their, uh, so I subscribe to their app. That's what I'm asking. Right. You, did, you, you subscribe to their unique content that you can log in and see yes okay um and like what uh so i subscribe to the economist the new yorker um and atlantic the atlantic um and one more and i i get a neoliberal bingo let me see new yorker the atlantic the economist um financial times and new york times and washington post but those aren't magazines but they all are apps Right. On it, my, it, my it's screen. all uh, periodics, periodical subscriptions. Yes. Or, or that, um, you know, a newspaper comes out daily, a magazine comes out weekly or monthly. Oh, but wait, there's more. You know, because in New Yorker, uh, there it used to be two different apps, and now I think I just use one primarily. It used to be one app for the magazine, which I liked somewhat, but they didn't update it enough. Mm -hmm. They didn't keep it current with like, the iOS, I mm -hmm. felt. Uh, but now it's like called New Yorker Today, and it's that's the app that you can get all the magazine articles there, but they also have you know, a dozen articles a day of original content just for the daily. Hmm. Um, and so that's why is that's why I asked what is a magazine? Because the New Yorker is the you know, classic magazine. Um, and I no longer receive it in print. Um, and but you did for years and years. I did for many, for over a decade. Yeah. You uh, kept the covers, if I recall. I kept the covers for a while. Yeah. Um, and a couple times I framed them. And as in my, that's a, know, that's a, that's a very, that's a person very, in their twenties. kind That's of thing a very mid twenties, yeah. uh, uh, New York move. Yeah. Um, New York apartment decorating move. Um, there are just a few poignant covers that I really enjoyed. Um, and then I think when I moved a lot, uh, Several times I moved, I've purged them, and now I, I, don't, I don't think I have any. You don't have any. Uh, but I, uh, until recently, I actually still subscribe to the paper uh, magazine, the physical magazine, uh, as well as the digital. And then they would just pile up, and of I course. realized I was still reading them primarily through my phone. So if you're reading them through your phone, the the you don't need the interior decorating qualities of uh, a stack of New Yorker magazines. Yeah, but it's more, mostly a stack of New Yorker magazines like next to my bed. They right. just pile up next to my bed. I didn't put them out like on the coffee table. Yeah. Uh, but I actually miss it. I do, and I, I, I did recently try to go and figure out how to subscribe, and it took me to Amazon to subscribe, and it, something happened, and it, I don't think it really went through, and now I'm like... Uh, you just I'm received a, some socks in the mail two yeah, days later. <laughs> yeah, I think I got it. Somehow I got an NPR tote bag out of it. I'm okay. not sure. No. Um, and then I subscribed to... So the Economist, though, but they actually load the app pretty well each week. You download, and it's I think the app works pretty well for translating a weekly magazine into a digital content. Um, but it's you know we're just it's so overwhelming, right? Yes, it's so overwhelming. So I also one of my favorite email subscriptions. So then my my personal email has become essentially my reader for. Uh, a number of subscriptions. So Your the, email has. My email has. My, my Gmail uh, and my Gmail app on my phone is essentially a newsletter reader for me because most of the huh. like most of the emails I get are now email subscriptions of that I want to read. When do you read? When is your reading time? If we saw a, a, like a weekly calendar, uh, where would the where would the reading blocks be highlighted? Uh, 
so the the email uh, newsletters uh, right when I get up or as I'm getting up in the morning first, in the morning before you go to work and then as I'm going to bed um, it would be my email subscriptions okay and those then, are the times when you feel like reading yeah and okay. then occasionally throughout the day you know I'll, I'll read I'll, I'll, I'll read some of those emails like as I'm walking places or if I'm killing time in line hmm. somewhere or something like that that's well and um, and then I try to do book reading at night. Uh, I still I've had Kindles in my time, and I, I, I I've gone I've sworn off Kindles now. Essentially, I'm back to. <laughs> Why do you have to books. swear them off? I didn't swear them off, but I'm like like they, they kept pulling you back in. Like, what what's happening? I, I don't know. Like I had I. Why don't you just stop using Kindles? Like, I've stopped using Kindles. I no no no. You swore them off. Well, that's <laughs> never a, again. It's a turn of phrase. On my <laughs> uh, the life of my mother. Uh, no, I, I I just actually like physical books just for the the um, the. The practically speaking, how I read and 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 I have a little night light that connects to my book that mm -hmm. shines down on because one might even call it a book light. It's a book light, yeah. A little clips on there, a little clip on it, yeah. It's ah, great. Um, Do you ever you use that why without the overhead light on? Like yep. that's the sole source. Oh of yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do because I'll I'll do it to read for a little bit uh, while Tim is still while Tim has gone to sleep mm -hmm. next to me. So I've turned off the night light uh, or the side light right. and uh, just have my little book light. Oh. I also use it on planes and other. Uh -huh. Things like that instead of using the It doesn't seem like planes. it'd be enough to eliminate a plane. <laughs> uh, I use it to read on planes. Um, and, uh, but though my point about the email newsletter, why I brought it up is uh, I subscribe to the browser. I don't know if you've heard about this. I've heard of it. Uh, which is essentially they have a daily email and a weekly email, and it's just a digest of the best long form. Uh, writing of uh, and they they kind of it's just one publisher and one editor I think it's literally just like two people a, yeah okay and they just scour uh, a whole uh, wide variety of publications and like source but it's a curated list of yeah like every day it's like four or five or four to seven maybe you know really and they they write they they either summarize or do an excerpt uh, for about a paragraph uh, of it and then they take you to it. And so I, I, that has become, so for me, the browser is almost like a magazine editor. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's a, um, it's a, a bundled or an unbundled, I guess we would say it's an unbundled magazine subscription. Right. Um, because I get, it's, it's not like, I'm not, it's not the news, right? So it's not, it's not like breaking news. It's, right, not, it's editorial. Still, it's, and it's not, no, but it's, it's not editorial. It's, it's not, it's very rarely opinion writing. It's, but it's uh, often just feature writing. So it's like, it's, which I think is how I think about magazines. The best magazines are, you know, feature reporting. Um, so they're, you know, I, I don't like, or I, for whatever reason, I don't read fiction in, in magazines. Hmm. Um, and I, I tend so, to read. So you skip right over the fiction piece in the New Yorker. Yeah. I, can I tell you, I, in in the in the you know 15 years I've been subscribing to the New Yorker I've maybe have read two or three fiction pieces interesting I don't don't it's I don't just, know it's why it's not it interesting just, it's now just, is that that is that broadly applicable in general yeah I don't you just re don't read fiction I don't read short fiction okay. I read novels you read novels but you're not interested I have to say I I am also similarly um, un motivated by a short story which is unfair because every time i read a short story i think to myself oh that was really good like i i, I appreciate it after the fact i just don't find myself drawn to it uh before getting into a yeah. any one story yeah i mean i read cat person like everybody um, i didn't i was oh. a contrarian oh i was a I'm more of a dog person that was pretty rough <laughs> this is not what we're here for uh yeah so for whatever reason i'm just not a short stories person. no but you maintain 
many magazine subscriptions. Yeah, and also I and I th- you know when I, uh, so I have I have a couple friends that work in publishing and uh, and they rely on you for their t- no 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 <laughs> for their, and, for their and revenue. One got very offended when I said I have a friend who's uh, at the at Vanity Fair and I said oh yeah I, uh, I subscribe to Vanity Fair and I end up uh, uh, to get the print magazine because I had uh, airline miles that were going to expire. And they, you know, they and that give, was available as, and they give you, oh, you could you could subscribe to these, you know, number of right. magazines. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Basically, I'll the thing he, the, his his life's his his career is basically a a, a tchotchke bonus yeah. on your um, available points that yeah. you're going to use, and they just they'll, they'll throw it in as a rounding error. Yeah, uh, and and he's like, well, of course, he's naturally offended by that. Right now, so there's a while where I would have many more print subscriptions that I just kind of let lapse. So, uh, Vanity Fair, um, uh, uh, Architectural Digest, um, Architectural Record that I liked even more, hmm. Dwell, yeah. um, National Geographic. Really? Yeah, I think... I think this, this is way more. If you had asked me before we started talking about this, how many magazine subscriptions do you think Brian has? It would have been a low one-digit number. And now I feel like we're up, like, at your peak, we were at, like, a dozen. Well, I am a... I'm a voracious consumer of media, of of, and that's like I. I Is re- that your Twitter bio? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I just I really am a huge fan of and consumer of um, great long form uh, media, and I. Uh, By long form, you mean like magazine articles? Magazine articles in general, like that's that's probably the the the. That's the thing that I read. That's the what, what's that's the content that I read the most of, hmm. uh, more so than books. Right. Um, more so than obviously short stories. Right. Uh, and you know I don't, but I don't. Do read. you make a distinction between magazine articles, digital or print, and blog articles or articles written online that are nevertheless not part of a um, you know a publication? Uh, not really, because there's something like, the, for example, a Stratechery post is basically a magazine article. Yeah, but, but some of the, but they vary in length or they vary in focus. You know, because it's a blog and it's run by one person, he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah, so I I put Stratechery in my newsletter uh, uh, category. Okay, right? so it's it's what it's something that I might read on my phone while right. I'm walking places, or, right? Um, and but I would say the browser they curate some of the things they curate include one-off blog posts by, you know, esoteric, uh, you know, blog publishers that I consider those to be magazine articles. Yeah. Because okay. I'm only reading that one post of that author or that thinker or that, you know, right. whoever. Uh, and it's usually really interesting. Right. right. And, um, and the other, the other thing that I do is I do a lot of, uh, Instapaper where I, mm. um, I do that when I'm just save, save stuff for later. Yeah. Save, save stuff for later and also make it available offline and also make it available all in one place. So right. Instapaper essentially my Instapaper app on my phone becomes my magazine portal. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So I do a lot like on a on an article by article basis. On an article like every, like so when I go through the browser um, and I uh, you know there's maybe six or uh, six or so daily posts. There's maybe two or three that I'm interested in. I'll click on them, send them to Instapaper, and then uh, I'll read them uh, at some point later. Yeah, I would say that that's that's because uh, I subscribe. We, subs- we we do subscribe to the New Yorker, but I don't read it regularly, and I don't think we subscribe to anything else. Hmm. And so for me. The, almost the entirety of, of, of the magazine articles I get are 
browsed to them via some some site on the on the web and saved them to instapaper so if yeah. you were to look at my instapaper it's basically like a um a random collection of magazine articles yeah um, more than anything else yeah but i so the the glossy magazines that i that i do miss and i for a while also I think for a year or two, I got New York Magazine uh, because of Airline Miles. I think I got Bloomberg <laughs> Business Week because of uh, Airline Miles. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I had three, my three marquee magazine subscriptions were Popular Science. I think that was the first magazine I ever subscribed to. Like, mm. it was my choice. Uh, uh, well, originally it was Popular Science and then Omni Magazine. I don't remember if you remember Omni Magazine. I'll describe no. that in a second. And Scientific American. And Scientific American was a little over my head, but I liked it. And I, I kind of liked the cred of having it. Even the, like even as a kid, I, I got that like, oh, it's that's like a... It's like it's like subscribing to the Economist. It's a it's a smart yeah. person's magazine. It's right? a signal. It's a signal. So Even, I can I, I did subscribe to uh, a Scientific American a couple years ago. For oh, maybe of a, course you did for a year or two. Uh, yeah, I, really, I loved it, but I just yeah. keep, I no. And, keep and it's you know it's it's interesting, but for like thirteen year old me, Popular Science was probably my favorite. Um, and so I subscribed also to Omni Magazine, and I don't remember how I got this subscription. It might have been one of those um, magazine drives that they did as a fundraiser for <gasps> yes. um, orchestra class. No, my school, my junior high, we did right. magazine drives. That's right, and the classic fundraiser for school. Oh my god, I just remember this, and I had to go. I went, you know, door to door to neighbors yep. and parents, friends, and all that yep. to do this. And I remember uh, we would get this um, three uh, three ply what is the carbon copy uh, oh what, yeah you know the, what I mean? uh, carbon forms carbon forms carbon copy of, forms carbon copy forms of like and there's three of them like right. for the person to fill out so there's and one for them to hold on to and uh -huh. then well and they then, fill it you fill it out once with a ballpoint pen exactly and then you get the copies yeah right um and i remember having a whole stack of extra ones of these and that were you know after the drive's over and I remember throwing them in the air what yeah in my room yeah and making it like rain these because it was so lightweight it was like oh yeah and, and, and have the, the carbon paper and, and the carbon paper and i think i ripped them apart or you know tore them apart so it'd be into you know and it and i would make a blizzard happen of the that's that's, the, that's insane the carbon copies of these like magazine yeah. uh, registration forms not filled out forms or they were filled out or they're the blank forms. They're the blank forms. Right. Oh, there were there were the excess forms. Excess forms that you know the the drive is over right. and whatever. And I just really enjoyed playing with them. I think <laughs> I did it. I think I because I had junior high seventh and eighth grade. I think I had it two years in a row. And I think I did it both times. That, really, this is a fantastic like hours, slow motion shot in a coming of age movie. Yeah, but I I mean hours of enjoyment in my room, throwing these things. At hours. Me. Hours. Hours. This is like this was when we talk about like flow time uh -huh. and like like that childhood time of like just <laughs> being. I would. You're telling me the thing that is in the sweet spot for you where it's it's not too difficult, but it's also not too easy that you're bored is throwing bits of carbon copy paper into the air. Yeah, for, I think I'm just quoting here. Hours. Yeah, and I would also do it um, in our uh, staircase from the upstairs downstairs. There was uh, there is like a. It, I don't know how to describe it, but there, uh, there's a section of it that goes up to the ceiling, and so there's a tall section, mm -hmm. right, uh, where it's probably a 20-foot drop, right, that goes straight down right. uh, to, so, but that's, so that's where when we'd have those parachute uh, yeah. army guys, it's probably the, it's, we would throw, you'd have to throw it up and try to aim for that part and then have the parachute guy come down. Okay. Right? That's the only time you could get indoors enough right that's, you know, that's enough, enough height, height in, in in my parents house 
So that's where I would throw these. When I was done doing it in my room, I would do it there mm-hmm. and then have to clean it up before my parents got home or got in trouble or what have you, just because that's kind of, it's kind of like a weird thing to be doing. Yeah, it's like, what, why, is our, why is our son creating a paper blizzard yeah. inside our home? I Brian, mean, explain yourself. It was so much fun. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to do it right now. I can tell. I can tell this is a palpable thing. This is a thing you wish you could do. Yes. This is on your list of like, if, if you were the last man on earth and you were just, you could literally do anything, uh, that's something you would do is you, you would go find some supply of carbon copies and just go nuts. Like literally when there are scenes in movies of people throwing a stack of paper into the air, Yeah. I am mesmerized yeah and it's striking a chord and resonating with something inside you and especially when i know that the art director or somehow there's you know they they did multiple takes Mm -hmm. to get the best the best throw and they they maybe even had a stunt double in or you know i mean someone really and they or they had the stage hands kind of throwing it off from the side yeah they're staging this one particular moment to make the the paper being thrown in the air look just right right that scene in the first harry potter movie where all the uh male arrives under the cupboard mm-hmm. um i kind of like that but that's not the same but i didn't like it because it's because it, it's cgi right you know, and it was obvious cgi i mean it wasn't cgi at first but it became clear as uh, cgi uh and and there's been there's some other moments in film where they throw it up and it becomes even more and we're not talking like a ticker tape parade although i do like that as well <laughs> i mean how could you not um and another this is another weird thing too uh i really like it really like it when uh, you're in theater and they're, they make it snow. And when they make it snow on, on a live stage production. Yeah. Why do you like that so much? I don't know. It's so exciting. <laughs> I, I, I just find, I just am so excited do by you, it. Like, are you audibly excited so much that somebody has to shush you? Um, I don't, th- I think, I think Does I'm the still cast like- stop the show to say, excuse me, sir. <laughs> You're ruining it for everybody. Um, I haven't been ushered one out. Way? So, okay, to, to be honest, I've never been in a show where this happens. Uh, it sounds like the next time we identify such a show, you and I have to go together. Yeah. And is there one way it's done? Because no, I'm, there's all different kinds right, of ways. Okay. And, and it's also because... So it's not the method, it's the effect that you like. Well, it's, it's both. It's, I love the effect, but then I also love studying, trying to figure out the method, uh-huh. right? Because I think it was, I always wanted this to happen. I always wanted to do it myself when I wanted to do my own plays in the backyard, not in the backyard, but growing up, you know, or right. pretend and I, maybe, I would, maybe I would crumple up little it's pieces just, of paper. It was an excuse for you to yeah, tear it, up and drop paper, which which is a thing. Yeah, yeah this is a thing, a thing with you. Yeah. Did you know this was a thing or it's just, it's, it's, you're something you've, you're now art- articulating. To something. Yourself. Well, it's, it's when you talked about the, the uh, fundraiser of yeah. selling magazine subscriptions, it, 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 came it triggered all of this. Did you guys ever me. have uh, uh, a, what do they call it? A money box. It's like a phone booth where they turn the fan on and it causes the dollar bills to swirl. Yes. Around. And you can, you can keep as keep much as, as much you can you grab can, yes. in, in three minutes or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, remember a couple of years ago at our company's holiday party, yeah. there was a giant snow globe. Okay. Do you remember this? I do Were you not. There for, it was the I one that had been there. It, the one that had the rockets as well. Okay. It was the one above. Yeah, you know. I, I, I remember this. I remember this party. So I don't the photo the booth that year was an inflatable. Uh, 
uh, inflatable snow globe. Hmm. And it, so it's a big giant thing that you'd walk into. You go into. And you'd, you'd have your signs, your, you know, holding up signs or funny hats that they'd give you and all that. Yeah. And then they had little fans in them and lots of fake snow. Hmm. And then they turn on the fans and, and, then, blows and then there's to be a photographer outside of it taking okay. photos of you. And that was our uh, photo booth for the year. Okay. That's um, cool. I enjoyed that, but not as much. It's not there's the same. It's something about it was, was, uh, not great. Also, because I couldn't quite. I I was. My my what's the the id ego and super ego? What's the one yeah. that like takes control? You know. Well, any of them can take. I mean, but the, the one the that, id is the, the id is sort of your animal nature. The ego is who you think you are, and the super ego is like your better self. Okay, so my my id wanted to go wild, but my super ego is like Brian. You're at a work event. Uh huh. And so I like I I kept myself in check. Um, but so I don't think I enjoyed it that much because I was well aware I was at a work event and I'm not going to, you know, I have some decor. Um, but the last, I think the last play that I saw this was angels in America on Broadway and they, and it snowed. Yeah. And I was, I I mean, it's a beautiful play obviously. And, and, uh, the writing and the directing, the acting is superb, but some of the theater magic they do is really spectacular, including, and the snowing was only just, one element of it. And they, they admit it, you know, sometimes they like, oh, it's beginning to snow and it snows for like two minutes and that's it. This, this right, was just subs- to set the scene. Yeah, this was, a, or at the end of the scene usually and it's maybe in the background. Right. You know, where you... Well, because uh, you have to clean all this up. Yeah. Right? And, so, so and this like, was a substantial, like there was a, there was a, 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 a veritable dusting of snow uh-huh. on the stage. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So magazines. Right. <laughs> Magazine fundraisers uh, growing up. You yeah. Yeah. So by some method, I acquired a, a subscription to Omni Magazine, which I remember liking. And part of it was everything was a little was a little bit of a guilty pleasure in that it had a sort of tabloid quality to it. In that it it covered both real science and then kind of woo woo stuff. Like um, is you know I, I'm like making X files like paranormal yeah like kind of stuff. like sort of paranormal stuff, right? So it'd be like actual articles on astronomy, and then it's like you know. Um, you know, is there ESP? Is that a real thing? Or stuff about aliens? Or you know that kind of stuff. Um, and I think I got the vibe from my parents. I have a I have a sort of emotional memory of them not loving that magazine. Like mm. they were like kind of tolerated it, um, but I really liked it. Like you know, one of it was like a uh, the stuff that I remember was a feature article on, you know, the new Star Trek series or just kind of just pop sci-fi type stuff, right? So it was kind of a, a broad uh, spectrum. Anyway, I, I remember almost none of the details, but something happened to that subscription. Mm. Like it was presented to me as like they stopped making the magazine, mm. right? Now, that may have been it. It also might have been that my parents canceled that and were <laughs> like, let's swap this out for something. So then I ended up with Discover Magazine, oh. which was another sort of popular science competitor, which was great. And so I had these sort of three science magazines growing up. And that, that was my um, like my favorite thing to get in the mail because back in the 90s, uh, where when you don't really have the internet, uh, getting mail is a really big deal. Oh, and especially yeah. getting magazines yeah. because it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, we pull up something on our phone to read. It's that like... Um, high you get of new content only it only happens once a month uh, or a couple times a month and that's what makes it so exciting hmm. so I remember growing up we subscribed to or Time Magazine Okay. National Geographic. As a family. As a family. It was, wasn't my, household. My grandfather had National Geographic and kept them all. He has yeah, like we a co- kept them all. as a collection. We kept them all for a long time. And then we... I don't them. know if he still does, but at, you know, when I was a child, he had... 
uh, what what seemed like library shelves yeah. full oh, of hundreds yeah, the, of the National Geographic. We had, we had we had that as well, and then I think we finally got rid of them. Yeah, and then so Time Reader's Digest. Did you have the um, holographic one with the yes. skull? Yes, yes, the skull on the cover. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes, I remember looking at that just for for, for mesmerized for hours. Yeah, maybe it's a hologram, Brian. Yes, it looks three dimensional. Yes. Have you turned it a little bit and then seen see what it does? Do you remember when uh, when Times Person of the Year was you, and they, and they had, the, had the, the, the shitty pseudo reflective quasi mirror? Yeah, I was more offended by the execution of that concept than I am by the concept, and the concept sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, my my friend actually worked uh, worked a time uh, when that happened, and, um, and and did you did you force him to explain himself? Well, I mean, hey, no no no, uh, no publicity is bad publicity. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, it, it got buzz. I mean, look, Hitler was once the man of the year, person uh, of the year. Now it's person of the actually, year. Actually, at the time he was man yeah, of the at year. At the time he was man of the year. My father back in my day loves to explain. Um, to to me, I don't know. He probably. I assume he explains this to other people. That it is not the best person of the year. It is the most influential person of the year, and that is perfectly reasonable. And that you know that's why, for example, whatever you know, in, in 2011, he said it should have been the person of the year should have been Osama bin Laden because mm. that's the person who was most influential yeah. in the year. And of course, and instead it was uh, Giuliani. I think. I have no idea. Yeah, it was Giuliani, <laughs> and it was like really. 2011 or 2001. Tw- oh, sorry, 2001. Yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. old. Yeah, uh, 2001. In 2001, sorry, September 11th is is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, so he. So so anyway. So that's why uh, Hitler was the man of the year because in that year he was the most influential. God, Giuliani was year, man of the year in 2001, and then because he happened but, to be mayor. I, I know, I know. But that's and, the, and, and, and yeah, I remember, you know, everybody was America's mayor and all sure. that. But gosh, how far he's. Well, he's really just revealed himself to yeah. be um, the you know the the, ghoul the person he, he the ever, ghoul he always was yeah. 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 Um, so, the, but the other magazine that I personally received was because I was a well, I am a Boy Scout. You know, we've talked. Is that about what, this. is that how that works? Yeah. So when when you uh, when you go up to Life Scout and then you stop. Wait, what's a Life Scout? That's the second away. That's the the That's second highest. Right before rank. Eagle Scout? Right before I've never Eagle. heard of it, Life Scout. Yeah. That feels like a made-up thing. No. That feels like something it that... It goes, a, that uh, a, let me see, your Scout, then Tenderfoot, then Second Class, then First Class, then Life, then Eagle. I love that First Class comes after Second Class. Well, you get Second Class and then First Class. That's not how numbers work, but okay. No, but it's... it's you're, you know, sergeant I first follow, class. I, yeah, I, first I follow. Class, I follow the logic. I'm just quibbling with the, with the with the uh, rationale. Uh, Keep going. Life scout and then eagle. Scout. Do you think it should it should your your it should go your 11th grade in in school should be your, um, yeah. It's as if it's your as if, senior year and then it should be your junior year. No, it's the same concept. No, it would be as if your twelfth, as if twelfth grade were were the first year you go into school, and then in, and then the second year you go no, to school like, is eleventh grade. It's not class then, as in because it's it's the rank, and it's saying that you're first class. And no, I un, I understand what you're saying. Senior, it, it, you, right? In, but in our in our high but school, the, but the leap you're making is is saying that it's equivalent to senior, and to suggest that first means best okay. rather than meaning. Stay with me here. First. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm uh, willing to engage in a lot of stupid arguments with you. Yeah, I, I'm just not in the mood right now for this one. Um, so Life Scout, it which is, I, again, I I've never heard of Life Scout. It feels like a knockoff scouting uh, organization's uh, 
If level. I recall, the Life Scout badge was actually pretty cool. Yeah? Uh, I think it had like an eagle and a heart. Not an eagle, obviously, but it had maybe a heart with a sash against it. I'm or- just surprised it wasn't another animal. Because isn't aren't animal tiers like an important part of the whole scouting No, that's tradition? Cub Scouts. That's Cub Scouts, yeah. right. Weeblows Cub Scouts and, and wolves and, wolves and, and bears. bears oh and my. Right. So um, you're telling me that Boy Scouts doesn't, doesn't employ animals until Eagle Scout? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I just assumed. I, I, if I, yeah, it's Tenderfoot, which I don't think Tenderfoot is just. That's a terrible name. Well, like, give me the names again. Let's let's rate these names. Scout is just basic. Where you just uh, with that's you, fine. And your badge is just the Scout emblem yep. unadorned, like that monochromatic. Seems, that seems perfect. Okay. Scout. And then Tenderfoot is is the next one. The next one. Because Tenderfoot sounds like the rookie, so to speak. It yeah. Sounds well, like, Scout is rookie. It's like you have you've registered. Right. Right. You've signed up. You're now in. Right. You're, you're scout. now in. You're a but scout. then your first thing okay. you get is Tenderfoot. Tenderfoot. That's again. And then. I, I think that's a bad. You know, I think I still have an somewhere. Name. I have somewhere. I'm not sure if I have it in my apartment or at my parents' house. My Boy Scout handbook. Yeah. That has every date and adult signature of every uh, requirement I've checked off to go through all of these. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. And anyway, it was uh, so Tenderfoot. Tenderfoot, second class. So again, why isn't Tenderfoot third class? It would, I mean, it, it would it were, be. Right. It, but I'm just saying this is, there's no law. There, there's no, there's okay. no structure here. Okay. Second class. And then first, first class. First class. And then life. Life. Oh, oh my God. What? I completely forgot about star. <laughs> How can you forget about star? I don't know. I don't know. It's all kind of, so it's tenderfoot, second class, first class, star, life. And by the way, the star badge was a, wait for it, a star. I'm, okay. Uh, and then star life eagle okay so if you go all the way up to life but then you don't make it to eagle right then you were a boy scout and then after 18 you were for the rest of your life you were a boy scout but if you get to the eagle rank the top rank then even after you've graduated from scouts you are now still a boy scout you you break through to the other side you get the present tense yes uh, description for all time so i am an eagle scout i'm an eagle scout okay eagle scout's what you maintain yes got it i'm not sure if i say i am a boy scout i say i am an eagle scout got it got it okay but you but if 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 the person didn't get to eagle they they would say oh i was a boy scout or i was a life scout got it got it um and so with your boy scout membership uh and participation we got boys life and I think the head, the subheading was the magazine for all boys, but it's really just a subscription. Yeah, for this is this is kind of ringing a bell. Yeah, as a thing that I remember from my childhood that I, I yeah, it was, I, in the, it was in the school library, for example. Sure, sure, or a doctor's office, right. along with the highlights for children, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the Reader's Digest. Uh, uh, no, uh, we were once gifted a large box of two or three year old Reader's Digests, and ooh. I read. All of them. Really? Notable quotables? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, humor in uniform. It pays to improve your word power. That's outrageous. Uh, which now, in retrospect, was basically the clickbait of its time. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was like, you know, things to get you riled up. Yeah. And I did not, of course, detect the overall conservative bias at the time. Hmm. Um, and instead just absorbed all these uh, thoughts very, from Rochester, New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have I have consumed my share of Reader's Digest. Wow. Uh, we Me didn't too. subscribe to it, but again, I we, we, we forget. 
yeah, if we did or if, or if my grandmother did and okay. I just read it at hers. So I think we might have for a while too. So you're saying uh, about Boy's Life. Boy's Life was my own subscription and at the back of it they would have the, you know, send in for seahorses and whoopee cushions and oh, things, things like right. that. Right, things you could send off for. Uh, send off for. And like my brother and I would do that occasionally. We'd save up money and we would like, and it was, yeah, that was that Send was check fun. or money order. Send check or money, uh, please. Seahorses? Yeah, seahorses. But they would be like... You don't mean sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Okay, those are different. Yeah, sea monkeys. <laughs> seahorses are a majestic creature. Sea monkeys are like little bugs. Little bugs, but they, they come in a packet and then yeah. you add them to water and yeah, then they, and then they start... Yeah. They start so I think around. they also try to advertise some as seahorses and those oh, were okay. even more expensive or something. Sure. For, yeah. Um, and like invisible ink and the hand yeah. buzzer and the whoopee uh -huh. cushion and all that kind of stuff. X-ray specs. X-ray specs. All that stuff was at the back of Boy's Life. I actually really did enjoy that. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed I read it. I, I, was a, I was a fan and they had interesting articles. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then I remember in high school, or maybe it was junior high, my older brother who's straight had, who was still at home or still, yeah, he had. How, mu how much older? Uh, seven years older. Okay. Okay. And he had a subscription to Details Magazine oh, and also maybe mag. and maybe GQ yeah, at some I, point. I have very fond memories of, uh, of, of these. Well, you might have fond memories for different reasons than I have fond memories. Well, I suspect or maybe they're similar. Or a similar category of we, reasons. We could have basically split up the pages. Yes. Here, here yes. are yours and here are mine. And it was, let's just say, the, uh, like the, yeah, that, that was. It I, was I, a good I, day? I, yeah, I realized I, I don't want to go too much more into detail right now on you don't this podcast. Go, you, don't, you don't want to. Can we can we pull up any sort of visual aid and, and have you so walk us um, through it? So I just remember like magazines. I, I think growing up had a mild to modest uh, impact on my life, right? right? Or influence my life. Um, I mean, we would subscribe to Time. Although I, th I remember my dad canceled our Time subscription when Time Warner Music had some uh, rap artist on their label that had something that the conservative you know, agenda of the time said it was terrible. So my dad canceled the subscription to Time Magazine because it was related because to the, time the corporate parent, you oh. know, of it. That um, reminds me of uh, the time when the Southern Baptist Convention decided to boycott the Disney Corporation because of what they saw as pro-homosexual um, uh, agenda. Yeah. And so they said, okay, we're going to boycott the Disney Corporation. Now, the church that I went to, First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, belonged to... Is that the, the first class... Uh, Baptist Church or <laughs> no, the second no, class? No, it was just the, the first established Baptist Church uh, in, you know, the normal meaning of first. Um, and my friends and I relished the idea that uh, boycotting the Disney Corporation was virtually impossible because uh, we thought that was that was stupid. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, so, and to sum up, uh, magazines, modest influence in my life uh, growing up, and then I think in my 20s and into my 30s, they, they became a huge part of my life. So they're trending upward in terms of the. Well, they, of there influence. was a. They, I think there was a. Maybe when I was like, you know, 32, I was at Peak Magazine. Peak Magazine. Peak. peak uh, but it seems uninfluenced by or, or undaunted by the um, technological landscape. Right. Well, no, I would say peak. I was peak uh, subscription uh, physical magazine coming to the okay. apartment uh, was probably when I was, you know, uh, you know, uh, and probably in 2012. Okay. And then now uh, I still fewer am, magazines, fewer magazines, and maybe even fewer subscriptions overall. But yeah, uh, but still a voracious consumer of long form uh, features and great uh, writing and media. Great. All right. What's the next topic? Award shows. Award shows. That's the topic. Okay.
Uh, Oscars. Yep. Okay. Golden Globes can be fun a little bit, you know. Isn't that the one that's supposed to be fun? Yeah. That's the fun one. Well, it's supposed to be fun. I'm saying it can be fun. can be fun. Um, and then everything else. Uh, Tony's? Tony's great. Yeah. Um, Grammys? No. You, you, you don't watch the Grammys. Uh, Some people, that's the one they love. Yeah. Right? No, I get it. And... and well, let's just say there there's canonical award shows for each major category. So there's Oscars, yep. Emmys, mm-hmm. Tonys, Tonys, Grammys, Grammys. The, sure. The, 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 what's that? EGOT. The EGOT, right? No, Emmys is for that. But I actually think... And then there's Golden Globes. So And e- then there's a lot more. So it's Emmy, Golden Globe, no. Oscar. It's Emmy, Grammy, Grammy Oscar, Oscar Tony. Tony. That's what EGOT spells out. Right. Because Golden Globe is a mixture of film and TV. That's so right. that's why you get it's Oscars and Emmys. It's the Pepsi of uh, award shows. Then, right, those are the, you know, those are the major leagues, right? Like, those are the top. Then well, there's, you know, the People's Choice Award, the Nickelodeon Kids Award, the... Yeah. Uh, MTV Film uh, uh, Movie uh, Awards, MTV the, Music Video Awards. The, right. And... and ESPYs, the... You know, and then there's things like the... The Webbies, the... the um, you know, uh, whatever. Mark Twain Comedy Prize. Well, the, like, so then, then... And then there's the Kennedy Center Honors. Right. And then... Um, did you say ESPYs already? I, I said ESPYs. And right. then there's the British, there's a couple of British, like the BACAs, I think, or the British okay, Academy right. of... Like their so, their version of the Oscars. Yeah. Which is like a big deal, I think. Sure. Um, and then there's, and then there's also, for talking about films, there's the whole festival circuit. So there's the Palme de... Palme, Palme de... How do you say it? The, the, I, I'd ask someone who's taken many French lessons like yourself. Nope. Don't ask me. Palme d'Or? Uh, Palme d'Or, sure. Um, at... Can at, at can don't yeah. say con, it's I can. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say any of it. Uh, you have a can-do attitude. I can say whatever I want. Sure, no, you you can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so there's a lot of wars, right? So, but is it the tiered? Is it the kind of like uh, you know the, these these podcasts we do here, whatever the hell this is? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, they, we want them to be timeless to some degree, right? We do. Well, I don't know what we're thinking. There's <laughs> no know. thought. There's I don't no know. What I, that's the most honest thing that's ever been included in this podcast. Is I don't know what we're thinking. Yeah. Well, I know what we're thinking <laughs> about yeah, a lot of keep, random topics because we keep we t- keep talking about it. You're right, but I don't know what we're thinking. You want about. these to be timeless? Well, I, I mean, I think there's some, but right now we're in the midst of as we record this, we're in the midst of the uh, 2019 Democratic primary uh, debate uh, race, right? And there is okay. debates last night, and this isn't a topical show. It's not a political show. Is there not a Republican debate? Uh, there might be if there's going to be. Okay, shut up. <laughs> shut up. My point being is there are there there was like initially twenty three or twenty four candidates and then okay. we talked about the top tier and the second tier and right. the third and and it's kind of like oh it's just too much it's too and much. I feel that way about award show and even I feel just the the the, the sheer number and volume makes me not like even the top tier that much because right? you're, you're don't fatigued you're oversaturated yeah um, so but it sounds but that fatigue comes it sounds like from a implicit assumption that or or pressure to consume the award shows sure no i do i do watch the oscars i generally watch 
the Oscars almost every year. I want to say. So we have, we have the king. The king of award shows is obviously Oscars. The Oscars. Um, I would argue, and this is just right personal preference, that the Tonys are the number two. Okay. Then okay. So if that's how you feel, then I feel like it's Oscars are at the top, and then the other three are all vying for number two. And depending on what you're, what you, yeah, what you like, I think that's right. There are people who would say no. The Grammys are obviously Actually, the- no, no. Let me let me let me amend that. I would say Oscars are at, uh, at top tier in a league of their own. Great movie, by the way. Did they win an Oscar? <laughs> Probably. Uh, one of Madonna's best performances in film. How many performances in film does she have? Uh, I don't know. Probably half a dozen. Yeah. So I would argue Oscars. Yeah. Top tier. And then vying for second place, but not even vying for second place, just in, in, in the, the second s- tier. In, the, in tier two. In tier two are, uh, I, would, I would say Emmys, yeah. Golden Globes. Okay. Grammys right. and Tony. You're proposing that basically the Golden Globes is not a top tier, but it's it's as good as any of these second tier uh, ones. Yeah, I think that it's it's risen to essentially to the Emmys. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think if you are a film that wins a Golden Globe but not an Oscar, it's like ugh. You know, but if you are a TV show that wins a Golden Globe but not an Emmy, it's like, oh, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and I think in part because by commingling television and movies, you up level the mo- the, TV. the TV. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, the other thing, so the Grammys. I actually watched the Grammys, or I don't think I a don't lot know of it if I this year. I, I, I don't think I had before, or if I had, maybe in passing. Um, what do you and, think? And I, it was chaotic in a lot of ways, and like not it. it it's not a good award show and there's a lot of awards and they don't make sense like there's Mm. just a lot of like album of the year new album of the year song of the year before you know just a lot of like just numerous categories so like a lot of people can win a lot of different things so from an award show perspective it's it's kind of crazy and from a i don't want to hear too many of these performers accept an award i like hearing actors accept awards um yeah why well, because they are strong performers, right? And, and they know how. So, so, so it's closer to what they do that you already like, right? Which is talking, just talking, talking and emoting, yeah, in a way. Um, but the live performances at the Grammys are—I I, was this was my first year, I think, really watching it. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Hmm. They're really like very good set pieces, like very, you know, hmm. like they're well produced. There's good. There are good sets. There's good lighting. And when they do the. Um, I think this year they honored Dolly Parton with like a lifetime achievement or some some version of that, and they had a bunch of different musicians do a whole kind of medley of her hits, mm. and it was it was it was that's quite the, good. It, it was great, and it was like and it's that's part of the reason I like to watch the Tony Awards. Well, and the because, Tonys exactly, exactly the same because thing. the performance the performances are you know they're really good. Yeah, and, and I and, like watching that kind of. Thing. And I don't watch. I, I haven't seen that many. Like the Tonys aren't something I see all the time, but the, I've seen it. I've probably seen five Tonys, parts of five. Oh, really? Tonys I thought I thought that was like a routine for you. Like, no, it's like, not. Or like a, you know a yearly tradition. No, it's. It, I think I, it's in recent years it's become hmm. uh, more. But I, de- I definitely watch almost the whole thing this year. And James Corden is. I, I, I want to say he's a national treasure, but he's he's he is a national treasure. If just not our nation, but he's he's just he he's just a wonderful talent, and I really like him. I okay. just I think he's 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 just he's got it. He, whatever it. What does is, he have to do with? Well, he hosted it this year, oh, okay. and he did the opening number okay. that was really impressive. Hmm. And you know, and it's what you want with that's what you want. You want an impressive you want, opening you want number. A, an, that's really 
Like that's all I really want. Yeah, I would. I would say if you achieve an impressive opening number, you've accomplished ninety five percent of what a Tony Awards show needs to do. Yeah, the rest you could you could <laughs> you could do any version of the remainder of the show and basically be declared a success. Yeah. So I have a I have a confession. Uh-huh. Um, so we we actually have the CBS All Access app. That's the confession. That's my confession. Okay. Doesn't feel like much. Of a, feels like more of a fact than a confession. Well, it's a it's 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 a fact that I'm not necessarily proud of. Like I'm paying money. Yeah. For the CBS All Access app. Again, I, uh, implicit in the way you're phrasing this is a value judgment that I've I've yet to to, to catch on to. I don't know. I'm. It's it's kind of like. I mean, aren't there a million streaming services? Yeah, and we all and pay for whichever ones we feel like. Yeah, but I'm, we're doing. We do Netflix. Yeah. We do Hulu. Yeah. We do. Well, Amazon Prime, because okay. we have that. Sure. And then we do HBO Go. Okay. Um, I'd say those are the top four. Yeah. Since we're, since we're ranking things. We're ranking things. And then, and then, and then we do um, CBS All Access. So I kind of feel like... What, it's was like the, why, what was the impetus? What was the precipitating event? What was the catalyst well, it's, that led to you purchasing? Because that's the kind of thing where I would get the free trial and make sure to cancel it before yeah. the month was up. Um. So it's it's uh, this is good. Well, so we're we're here. We're in the embarrassing. We're opening it up. Uh, it, so it's because I, I like watching Colbert. Um, okay. Again, that that doesn't feel embarrassing enough. Yeah, no. The but, and then and then also um, CBS this morning. I love me some Gail King. Okay. Um, also sixty minutes. I think Gail King's great. I don't. Think CBS Sunday morning. Keep going. Um, and well, we started watching The Good Wife. I'm sorry, not The Good Wife, The Good Place, which is only available on streaming. NBC. It's not NBC. The Good... No, 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 not... What's it called? Not The Good Wife, but the... It's the spinoff from The Good Wife, and it's with... Uh, Oh. You're deep into network TV territory, and I know I can't. I can't, I can't follow you. I know. I, I know. I, I I'm actually sending a, a handout for help right now to, to pull, <laughs> pull me, me back. Pull, pull me back. The, the, the point uh, being, my point being is, is we have the CBS app. But you're naming a bunch of shows that I, that for me anyway, are good but not worth the good fight. For. The good fight. The good fight is what it's okay. called with uh, uh, What's her name? Uh, Brzezinski. Christine uh, Bransky. Christine Baranski. Yeah, she was Sybil's best friend on that show, Sybil. <laughs> I, rem- I remember the show Sybil because for whatever reason, every time the previews would come on television in the 90s, my parents got... Um, Irrationally angry? Well, they got, yeah, they got charged in a way that they didn't say anything, but like you could feel it in the room. Mom and dad are, you know, on edge yeah. about something. Yeah, um, that's how my mom felt, I think, about Roseanne Barr. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, or married with children yeah um uh, okay so uh but the point is all those things added up are enough for you to pay however many um, like like i think like i think ten dollars a month ten or maybe even 11.99 that's a lot for uh, i know king I, well it arguably culver is on youtube no I, it might be, but I, it I might be. And I usually watch it like the next morning. Also now, and now that uh, Nora O'Donnell is at the CBS Evening News, I, I don't do. know what. But here, can I? That sentence mean? Uh, Nora O'Donnell. She used to be Gail King's co-host on CBS this morning, but now she's the the lead anchor of the CBS Evening News. But here's my little frustration. Okay, so we also had uh, the uh, DirecTV. Um, uh, we had the DirecTV app AT&T for live TV, TV. and now it, now they rebranded the app to AT and T TV. Which how makes have you me, not chucked it out the window it, in, it makes in, me it makes me very angry <laughs> to be honest. but it also has I, which we discovered 
some time ago that there's a kind of a beta version of a DVR somewhat feature within it. So you can record TV, right? Um, and so I was like, oh, this is great. So I can record some of these CBS shows. Wait, you pay for a cable package. Mm, we pay for a direct TV subscription. Uh, right, but has, like, like regular TV. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Wait, so you pay for regular TV. Not, it's not a cable package, so we don't have a cable box. It's all streaming. Okay, it's all stream, 100% streaming. 100% streaming. So we, if you wanted to, you couldn't just turn on NBC and watch whatever it is with commercials the way we used to. Yes. You don't have that. I have to, but to do that, I go to the DirecTV app on my Apple TV that goes to live TV, and then I, like, and they, and we have the basic <laughs> package, because I don't care about, like, sure. we don't I, don't, I don't, I don't need ESPN or whatever it is, so I, right. I um, yeah, we, we get it. You don't like sports. I know. Because we have the CBS All Access app, uh, I was able to go back and rewatch portions of the Tonys. Because it was on CBS. Yes. Without yeah. recording it. Right. And I rewatched the opening and then a couple of other little Corden bits. James Corden opening number. The James Corden opening number with James Corden and literally a cast of probably 300 or something you know some maybe not 300 maybe 200 right like a huge number of broadway performers came out from every broadway show came out right. and they did the and it was a fun sounds fun. it was really fun it was really it was smart and it was funny and fun and and it was just really nice That's um great. do you watch award shows every year no I, I think I watch I think I watch Oscars almost every year there, there have been some that I think I've missed because of travel or what have you and I also I something about the Oscars does make me want to go and try to see as many of the best of the pictures movies. that yeah. I can we the probably the funnest Oscar viewing we had was uh, one of the years when we lived in LA funnest or most fun I don't know I say funnest uh, that feels like it that feels like a word okay feels like a, I, don't, I, I don't see why that's not a word um uh, we lived in LA and we were invited to uh, a, a friend of ours was having a Oscar viewing party, but it was like their broader circle of friends. So it was like, we knew, um, you know, the, the wife from the you know tech company we worked at. And then he was a, like an editor for a like animated show. And so it was okay, a bunch quit, of like quit name dropping. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was like a bunch of like industry people. It was like, you know, just people who had various jobs in the broader showbiz industry. But what was interesting was it made it much more of a like, um, insidery vibe. Mm. And it's, and part of that's just constructed because that's yeah. kind of what, how the whole I, town works. I've watched um, debates while be, while living in DC. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing as watching a debate while being in DC where you know somebody who knows somebody who knows them directly, yeah. right? But it's like, that's, I, that's close enough. That's close enough for half the anecdotes we tell about everything all day long. So it's interesting to be like, oh, actually that costume design something, something, something background anecdote. And it's like, that. it was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was, uh, we had a, we hosted an Oscar viewing party. This is before children. Um, and we had a, we had ballots where before the show, everybody filled out what they thought the winners would be and oh, then yeah. throughout the night we would like score yeah. the ballots and then whoever it was wanted you know what i don't think i've ever done that you've never done that i don't think i've ever filled out an group. oscar like yeah. you have to like you have to like print out the ballots but it's it's fun as a group because it makes it almost like a i was gonna say drinking game but it's, it's like it almost becomes like a um there's a game show aspect to it mm. yeah so it's fun i recommend it have you watched i've never watched the grammys I rarely watch the Emmys. I, I, I like, I have fondness to the Oscars, but I don't really feel compulsion to watch it. 
Hmm. Um, the Tonys, I love watching the opening number, but I don't know enough about theater to really follow anything else that's going on that night. Yeah. Um, hmm. And what about the SVs? It's funny because I, um, I, the first emotion that comes to mind when you say SVs is awkwardness. And I think that's because, um, it's not uncommon for athletes to, to be in a role where they feel compelled to speak because they have to speak to the press commonly, but they're just not good at it because it's hard to be a person who speaks well, right? Like that's just not a super common thing. So what you commonly have are people who feel compelled to, to nevertheless do their bad version of speaking. Mm. And so it's like they're, they're sort of pressed into service. They're resigned to it. They're not reluctant the way other people might be. Yeah. They're like, nope, this is like, I got to do it. And it's just like, oh, that reminds me. So I was, have to get up and talk badly. I was, I was at an event. This is probably eight to 10 years ago at the UN. They had, oh, what was her? She's a very famous musician. She was in, she was in the, the, the show that, she, that comes to mind most when I think of her is Dreamgirls. Um, she's one of the song and I am telling you yeah Jennifer uh, Hudson Jennifer Hudson so Jennifer Hudson who um, just a really talented sure. singer and actress and, and actress um, but this was I think relatively early in her career okay. as a celebrity um, and she was speaking at the UN on behalf of women and girls worldwide or something right. like that and and it, it was I, I don't want to I don't want to misspeak about her or you know besmirk her but she was it was not of a good public speaking performance it was i was it was the the delta between her singing ability and acting acting ability ability that i and my perception of her and her her speaking ability how much of it was the script so to speak what the the words themselves and how much of it was her performance it it was both i think the script was fine it was she was saying kind of anodyne yeah you know uh, sentiments um but she was just i think it was just very nerve-wracking it wasn't in the un like big hall yeah but it was in one of their one of their rooms which was a big room and so maybe i just think she's my sense of it was at that time she wasn't comfortable speaking live in front of a room full of let's call it 250 people 300 people maybe we are all a mix of skills and some people rise to great fame based on one or more of their skills, sometimes a lot of their skills. And yet, everybody's bad at something. Yeah. And occasionally that comes out. And I think if, you know, it's very easy to jump to the conclusion that because you see somebody who's you know, good at lots of different things, oh, they must be good at everything. And that's not true for anybody. And so, you know, she goes up there and does this and it's not great. And it's a little surprising. Yeah. It's, it's and, jarring. And also, this was, again, eight to 10 years ago. And I'm sure she's improved since then right you know i mean sure <laughs> or she, not or I mean, not whatever maybe not, maybe not yeah but when you when you talk about the espies what i'm i'm picturing a bunch of that where it's yeah. like some you know a an athlete has to comes up and gives a speech um it also reminds me of um like anytime a like a often athlete um but as someone who's famous but not for writing writes something like writes a piece and like actually writes it not just like ghost writes it um like oftentimes it's like okay but not good Mm. and it's interesting because they're you know an interesting public figure and you're curious about their perspective on whatever the topic is but the writing is not that good so there's a delta between the like level of their perspective and the level of their writing and i think that's the same thing with the speaking situation where they come up there and it's like oh this is um i don't know pick your famous athlete or whatever and they're at the top of their profession so they're the best in the world at you know athletic performance or singing or acting and then it's like and then they're going to kind of bring a garden variety 
speech. And it's like that gap, because they're so good at the first thing, is jarring. I think that's why it's jarring. Yeah. So another thing about award shows, I uh, recently was on a plane and watched the bodyguard for the first the time. The original body. The original. I've never seen it. With You have not seen I've it? I've not once, never seen it. Oh my gosh. What do you mean? You hadn't seen it either until this plane flight. No. Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner? Yeah. The bodyguard? I've never seen it. I saw it. Of course I saw it. I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since then. Oh, I've never seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. It was, I was too young when it first came out and I just missed it. Hmm. I love that soundtrack too. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard any of the songs on that. Are you joking? That was a joke. <laughs> you mean Whitney Houston's most famous song? No, but there's other there's other songs. It haunted me throughout the '90s. There's a non-Whitney Houston song on there called "Lovely Day." Okay, um, that I used in a school presentation and a class presentation. It's doing a poem about the spotted owls of the Pacific Northwest. Oh, um, the owls having a lovely day. Uh, well, only if we preserve uh, right. their 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 habitat. This there was for seventh grade. That seems, it, that seems it, about it, right. It, it, seventh or eighth grade. Um, you bring in a boombox. Not a boombox. I think we had the. I think I had the school's boombox, and I had a painting to go with it and a poem. Had you painted the painting? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I would love to recreate this uh, for our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Um, so, the bodyguard. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I know. So there's a it, lot of things I haven't seen. Yeah, that's really true. Um, so the, it it largely holds up. But it not quite right, you know. So, but uh, the you say that about a lot of movies in the nineties. Sure, um, but there's uh, uh, kind of without you know. Sp- can this? Can, do we have to Don't say care. spoilers? Spoilers alert for the twenty year old movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the in the end scene, one of the final uh, scenes, um, uh, there's an award show that she so- shows up to, and. Uh, and there's an assassin mm. and but we're not sure who the assassin is going to be we think we know who it is but it might be some you know and that turns who out to the be assassin else. is not, yeah. not who okay i forget what a word show is but it was one of the it, i don't think it why was wouldn't Oscars. it be the grammys no it wasn't the grammys though i think it might have been is it a fictional award show it's well no it's a real award show it's the, but it's and she's winning she's nominated for an award and she goes up and performs so I don't th- it might have been an Emmy or it might have been Oscars or it could have been Grammys but I don't think it was Grammys okay okay and and the dramatic moment when she goes up to it and she's accepting the award and then it's one of the cameramen actually has a laser on the camera mm. and you see the red light on her and then Kevin Costner comes out and takes the bullet for her in the dramatic ending moment very dramatic yeah um, and then he shoots him too. He shoots the the guy, uh, but the whole setup of the award show—it's such a period piece of the way the award show is set up. Yeah, and just like the sets and the lighting, and it—I it, think it was it just looks like it's an era. It looks like the nineties. Yes, 90s. yes. It, 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 I think that it was a. It my sense, my memory of it from watching it originally was it was an accurate representation of the look and feel of award shows. So when you saw it at the time, it didn't stand out as anything special. It was like, yeah, that's what an award show looks like. Yeah. But now you look at it and you're like, wow, that's a '90s award show. Exactly. Okay. And even and they even have the people in the control booth, I think, and other. Th- I might be also so everything about the production design of that movie successfully captured its era. Right. And then it made me also watching it now, 20 years later, made me realize one of the emotions I had was, oh, 
all award shows are bullshit. <laughs> and that this is what all nonsense. You, I mean, yes, but what, what made well, you... Because, like, in, in looking back, you know, it, when... There are some people who dream their whole life about walking down that red carpet. Right. Um, and being interviewed by whomever sure. is that person doing the pre-Oscar interview thing. And then getting up and giving that award, getting that award and all. And then, but now 20 years later, most of those people are, it, you almost, it's almost caricatures of people. And you don't think of them as, it's, it's such a fleeting sense such of celebrity. Yes. Everything about it is fleeting. Well, okay, yes. The only... Um, I, I follow and agree with that sentiment. The only um, counter argument that I've heard, which I think, which I think also carries a lot of weight, is when you see, I think especially for uh, the Emmys, when you see people excited about getting an Emmy, they're not necessarily excited about the fame or about the the status or whatever that comes with it. The thing that these fleeting things we're talking about. They're excited because aren't winning an Emmy means they get to do another season. Yeah. So it's not some... Or, you know, winning an Oscar might mean you get to do another movie. Right. So, you know, in a way, the, the awards, yes, they're bullshit. But they're bullshit with currency. Well, I mean, there, there is currency there, too, for sure. And once you are an Oscar winner, that always That's goes right. in your, your bio. That's and right. But, it's not a, but even if you're just... Even if you uh, ignore status entirely... And don't and legitimately don't care about the status. If you only care about the art, that enables you to do more of the art. Sure. No, no, I get and that's, that. And that's that's what. So it's valuable. not for posterity, but right. it is for your career. That's right. And it's um, not necessarily to. Yeah, it, in some ways, it's a business transaction in yes. a way that it, it helps your valuation. Well, and that's why it was. I, I'm surprised it took so long. I forget. I forget what era it was when. I think it may have been the '80s when they realized you can you can and, and maybe should lobby for it. Basically, you can advertise for for your consideration for your consideration. Like right. that was a that was a invention, huh. and it was considered crass. It was considered like kind of like George Washington didn't uh, campaign, campaign for president. Right. Yeah, and then it's like, well, yeah, but if you do it, then uh, you're more likely to win, and so it becomes this arms race. Yeah, uh, and you know, there's there's backlash and backlash to the backlash, but. Hmm. But th there's also something to like. It, it is a nice peer recognition, right? Um, and uh, and and so I get all that. And 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 it's funny though. I I just saw on Instagram or no, I'm sorry, Facebook the other day. Uh, a former colleague of mine was at some kind of weird industry awards for his wife's industry mm. and posted a bunch of photos. How honored! And it was kind of like, okay, that's a nice thing. And I'm not, sure. but like. Every bullshit industry has every bullshit award, and it makes and all these things. Some degree, I think it's human nature. There have probably been the equivalent of awards and award shows throughout all time, right? There's always been recognition at the state fair, or the, or there's always been you know the the winner of the whatever festival. Like right, the idea of there's going to be some field and we're going to recognize you know winners. I feel like that's that's a very deep part of, of the human experience. Right. It's just we put it on TV. All right, next topic. Horses. Horses? That's the topic. Of horses. Nay. I thought that would be the main no. joke no. to make. Just tell me what you think. Let's saddle on up and... <laughs> Who have we got to talk to to start this topic? <laughs> it's, it's already not stable. Uh, I was going to say... I knew, I knew you'd pull for that one. Hey. <laughs> horses. Yeah. Do you love horses? Um, <laughs> I... I don't think I love horses. Okay. Uh, I like horses. You like horses. I respect horses. Right. I admire horses. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up, uh, this is going to sound weird, I grew up next to horses. So our, our neighbors had horses. So um, just when you're just hanging around the house, you look over and there's horses? Yeah. 
Okay. And they'd be um, in in their fields, yep. and, and there's a fence between. It was the field adjoining our, our, our field. Our, yeah, we had a. Uh, we, we kind of grew up in a in the woods a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really describing you, this well. You described it in previous Not episodes. on this podcast. but 100% on this podcast. Oh, really? In more than one episode. <laughs> huh. How much you love the creek. You hang oh, out there a lot. The creek. And we hunt crawfish in the creek. Yeah. You, you play in the woods. Yeah. A lot of playing in the woods. Protection and then from the sun. Walking to the creek. Yeah. Uh, we pass by the horse pasture. Oh, okay. And um, our, our neighbors growing up who had the horses, they weren't uh, traditional horses. I think one of them was a traditional horse that you would ride. It's not. They're not normal horses. They're cool horses. They're like cool horses, right? Uh, no, they were. There's an island off the coast of Virginia that I believe is called. There's two islands. One is called Chincotink, and the other is called Assatink. Asset something like that. Uh, I, I Where swear, is this going? Well, no, and there are um, there are wild horses. There's a, a herd on the island. On the island. Okay. Um, and the Bureau of Land Management or whatever federal agency that kind of manages this island once a year does like a cull of horses. And, okay. they, and they, they bring some, you know, hundreds of horses or, you know, many, many horses, maybe not hundreds, uh, maybe low hundreds that they bring from this island and they swim them across uh, uh, to like the mainland. Okay. And then they auction them off. And they auction them, um, and they use the funds to fund, like, the local fire department or the local... What a way to yeah, fundraise. They, yeah, it's seriously. And it's a... Now, bake sale is a good idea, Bob. <laughs> but hear me out. How about a horse sale? So, yeah, it's... it's uh, and it's a thing, like, it's... You know it's, that island full of wild horses? No, seriously, you can you can Google this. Actually, I was, believe you. There was just, like, the, the either the Times or the, the Washington Post or someone... Like, people do feature articles about this. It becomes a tourist event. Yeah. People do show up, and they get in their kayaks and boats and all, and watch this. And it's something... It's supposed to be i've never seen it i've only seen photos it and videos of it. it's a it's a really cool thing to see um this you know some they number swim of, them they swim them so why aren't the horses crossing over any old time if they can be swum um i don't think that's a great question wouldn't uh, i mean you would think some of the wild horses are like what am i doing on this island i'm going, I'm going yeah, over there yeah um that's a great question so i, I i'm afraid that my specific knowledge of this yeah is 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 we, now exhausted we, we're, we're done you're right so i can do conjecture at yep. this point but uh, what color were the horses well the horses i can't do that they're they're white and brown and spotted and they are but they weren't notably colored they they like well, in looking at them you wouldn't know they were special wild wild yes you kind of would horses. they are because, how did, so how can you tell because i think because they're smaller in stature okay a little bit and they they are i mean i think they're they're still pretty but they um are maybe more rough around the edges if you will okay a little well, bit. i mean you know not surprised i would guess if you if you asked me to guess what's the difference between a wild horse and a you know domesticated horse wild horses what's that song i still don't know well i can't i can hear it in my head but i can't then sing it to you in a way that would get you to guess it as demonstrated yeah that's my that's actually I think my only weakness. Only weakness. My only. <laughs> Meet the man who's ninety nine point nine 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 percent perfect, except he can't sing. He can't. Um, well, actually, that's a that's a Fraser episode. 
That's the exact plot of a Frasier episode. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> somebody wanted to sing a song about no, wild horses. No, it's um, there's there's this new doctor uh, to do the medical show at the radio station, Clint Weber, and he's tall and he's handsome and he's charming and he comes in and everyone loves him and Frasier is of course very jealous and he's like, oh well, you know, something something. I went to Harvard and he's like, oh yeah, I I, I was gonna go to Harvard and he says, oh I'm sure the uh, university you went to was just as good. And he's like, oh, well, I did go to Oxford. And then Fraser implies that he knows or that on an internship he once met um, uh, Pavarotti. And he says, oh, that's my godfather. I should tell him that, you know, I should mention that I met you. Uh, and so on and so on, yeah. right? And he's, he's uh, humble and, and graceful and just effortlessly charming and so on. Uh, speaks Chinese, whatever. It's a stereotype of the perfect guy. And then Frazier has a welcome party at his house to welcome him to the station. Everyone comes over. His humiliations continue until he says, oh, it doesn't take much to get me singing. And it turns out he can't sing. He's, he's hilariously tone deaf and yet doesn't know it. Oh, and that's the that's the punchline of the episode is that you know this otherwise perfect guy uh, can't sing, and at first uh, you know Niles tries to to appeal to his better nature until it turns out that he that Daphne is also enamored of him, and then he's like I'll I'll be the accompanist, <laughs> and then he goes out to uh, to uh, help him sing. God, anyway, Fisher's such a good show. It's such a good show. It is such a good show. And it holds up. It holds up remarkably well, uh, and I think part of that is because it wasn't attempting to be contemporary mm. at the time. Um, I think that's actually another reason why Seinfeld, I think, holds up more than, let's say, Friends. Uh, I know Friends, oh, Friends is, Are you kidding me? Friends is like a, a major juggernaut now. I know that. I don't think it holds up. Uh. In other words, I think it's more popular than it holds up as a show. I think it's a very show of its era you, you with think, concerns of its era, era. Right, right. So you think it's as popular now as it was in its era uh, in it, when it was initially aired, and it's as critically acclaimed now as it was in its initial, yeah. when it was finished. Yeah. Because it wasn't... It wasn't critically acclaimed. It was right. never critically acclaimed. Right. Right. I mean, I think it probably won some awards, but no one was ever like, oh, Friends, that's the height of culture. Right. It was more like a, that... Or, oh, or Friends, the Friends is... Like, it, that's it's very of, popular. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I think what's happening is all, all the same people who watched it as teenagers at the time are now watching it as people in their 30s no i, th I the, the whole the whole thing is and, people in and, their 20s who were right, kids who, who were infants or right. toddlers are discovering it and loving it and i'm not suggesting that it isn't a good show or a watchable show all i'm saying is that fraser for example i think has a more classic quality to it and i mean classic in the sense of appealing to um core the core human condition um classic in the sense of like a play like that's one of the things i like about it is that so many of the episodes read more like a you know the the classic farces um sure read sure. more like a play than a than a sitcom but do you recall when they did the music video for smelly cat i mean that was pretty good smelly cat smelly cat what are they feeding you Smelly cat. Somehow you're hitting those notes. Yeah, am I? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't want to sing anymore because then we'll have to pay royalties <laughs> to, to Phoebe. To who? I don't know. Phoebe Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so we're talking about horses. The North is horsing around when uh-huh. you're talking about uh, Fraser Crane. Right. Um, wild horses. If you had asked me to differentiate between wild and domesticated horses, I think I would have guessed something like, well, the wild ones are probably less beautiful, a little bit rough around the edges, and maybe a little like, tougher, or I might have guessed larger, but the point being like... Um, Aren't Mustangs wild horses? I think Isn't a Mustang is a wild and, and male they, horse. And they could never be tamed, and that's the whole thing. That's why that that's car the, is yeah. named a Ford Mustang, because it can never be tamed. Yeah, I think that's the mystique, is yeah. that it's a wild horse that couldn't be tamed. Yeah, and I think I think Mustangs might be larger, right? You know, but for whatever reason... No, the, I, the I horses, mean, I literally think it's just a, a wild male horse, but I, I don't know. Okay, well, that's never stopped us from, from pontificating. Conjecturing, yeah. Um, so, so, my neighbors had several horses that yes. they got... From this, all island. of them were the were island horses. No, I think they had. I think that, that's why I said I think they have one or two like normal horses. You know, how, you know how you can tell the difference between an island horse and a regular horse. How? Which ones are wearing the puka shell necklaces? <laughs> They're like that's a good setup to a bad. Punchline. I know. <laughs> Keep going. They had uh, a handful of horses that they rode, and that were just your regular horse. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a. I'm an expert in the different breeds of horses, except for these island horses, uh, Chincoteague Island horses, okay. and um, they. Uh, and so they had a handful, maybe four or five of these, hmm. and they would just keep them in their fields and let them run around. Like they, I don't think they ever did. They ride them. I don't think they ever rode these island horses. They just kept them. They just had them as pets. Well, they had them as horses. They had five acres. How much does it cost to own a horse? Well, I don't think these horses were very expensive, so to speak, to, to purchase. Okay. Um, uh, but I think the upkeep is, you know, you have to... You have to feed them. You have to feed them. You have to have hay. Um, and then I guess you have to have veterinarian uh, visits every once in a while. You have uh, a vet come out and check them. Yeah. I, I, assume, I don't know. We, I know, don't either. I, uh, uh, and... Um, but the interesting thing is, speaking of veterinarian, uh, so the horses were horsing around someday, and one of the horses got kicked in the eye. Oh, and by another horse. By another horse. Not a person. N- not a person. And I lost its eye. Oh. Now, I say this, and I'm not sure if that's true. So, that's a, that, that, that might have been... A family legend, or it might have been a, a thing that I didn't quite understand as a kid. So we're talking when I'm like six or seven or eight, somewhere in that, where there's now all of a sudden there's a horse that doesn't have an eye. Right. Okay. But so I don't know if this horse was born with one eye or if. Uh, have, so wait, wait. Let me are, let me start this whole uh-huh. story again because it, it, it that was too meaning. So one of the horses only had one eye. Okay. Now I don't know if. He came from this island with one eye, right? Or if he got in an accident somehow, maybe it maybe was it, maybe it was during the swim. Maybe it was during the swim. No, but or it was kicked, injury. kicked by one of the other horses. But he only had one eye, and I remember uh, inviting friends over uh, to visit and taking them down to the edge of our property to the fence and then calling over the horses. And we would call them over with like grass from our yeah. side of the fence, and we'd go. I don't know. We'd make the sound <laughs> really with their good. mouth, and for whatever reason, that they would brought, come. They would come. I think even if we didn't make the sound, they would come because yeah, they, you know, they knew, hey, these these are they're they're the, mammals the, over these here. Pale, these pale monkeys will give us grass. Right, right. Um, and we just hand them grass, and it was fun. And it was like they were sweet, and you'd pet them a little bit, or sometimes we'd bring them down carrots and, sure. and things like that. Um, and I would I would regale my friends with stories of I we there is a one eyed horse. Like there's not a one eyed horse, and 
I would, it's like, oh, I will show you. <laughs> and it was a, ta-da. It's a, ta-da, a one-eyed horse. And it really. A legit one-eyed legit horse. Legit one-eyed horse. Wearing and a patch and everything. No patch. Just a weird, gross hole where the eye should be. It wasn't be. a hole. It was like indented and it was fur. Okay. It was, or co- but you could tell it was only one eye. Well, there's, there wasn't an eye there. Yeah. I think occasionally the, the, he would have a patch, but there, there were plenty of times when I saw this one-eyed horse without an eye, without an eye patch, and it was just where the eye should be was fur. Featureless void. Yes. Well, no, not fe- it was just indented and it was fur. Okay. Um, as if you forgot to draw the eye. As if you forgot to draw the eye. But he was very sweet. I mean, the, the great thing no about it... No one's suggesting that he, like, in losing an eye, he became a pirate. Like, he's, I'm sure he was sweet. Yeah. He well, sounds as sweet as all the other horses. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, you, it, the, the great thing was you could also like sneak up on him a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but only from one side. Only from, from the side. other side, he's he's almost too perceptive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I know there was something. Uh, I, I don't know where to go with this story. I, if I were a better it's, storyteller. Again, by the way, I, here's my theory. This is not a story. No, I know. This is this a is series a of facts. It's a. It's, it's not even a series of facts. It's just a. It, this is a. This is a. This it's is a, a setup. It's a setup. But I don't have. So this is the thing. I think that I'm taking taking a step back from horses and just talking about me yeah. and and my chronic inability to tell stories. Yeah. This is a well known, well documented fact. Correct. That Who, which is which is worse, your ability to tell stories or my ability to smile for a photograph. Ooh, I know. Ooh, that's <laughs> that's a that's a Rocky Four level fight. Well, here's the thing: is you can smile, just right. not for a photograph, not, not on purpose, not on purpose. That's right. But there, there, there are ways of capturing you. That's right. I am capable of smiling. Uh, you are capable of appearing in a photo smiling. Correct. That you don't look like a madman. Correct. But that's only if that's only by under accident. certain conditions. Right. Under certain uh, conditions where not planned. There, I don't think there's ever been a there's scenario a, right. where I have told a good story. Oh, I don't know. Never. There are there are plenty of good stories within the mountain of words that I use to tell things. Yes. Oh, okay. We we agree. Stories exist within what you're saying. Yes. Stories exist with, with within what I'm saying, and I think I have lived through a number of interesting things. Of that, interesting things that are story worthy. That are story worthy. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So we're talking. It's not the raw materials. Yeah. Right. Like if Ira Glass had lived my life. Sure. He would have. Plenty of interesting plenty of things. Material, plenty right. of interesting things to say. I unfortunately have been living my life. So really, it's as if we're, we're handing you, you know, quality materials, and you're just making a hash of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I mean, look, I was grew up the youngest of seven kids. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot happened there. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't need to go over the raw material. I think that's no. we're taking that as a given. Sure. Okay. So w- what you're saying is. Uh, this my th- life has been squandered on me. <laughs> You've ruined it with your uh, inability to tell your your your, your narrative uh, impotence. Ah, uh, I, I, that's too close to something else. Is that is that yeah. too too much? Too yeah, my my well, my inability to tell a story. Okay, but there was this one-eyed horse, <laughs> <laughs> and it was there, and we looked at it sometimes, and that was it. Well, I think I, th- I mean I think the, the for really the, the story there is. My friends didn't believe me. No one would believe me. But then I would prove them okay, wrong. We, so we, you want to know how I would have told that story? Yeah, go ahead. I would have. I would have started as. I would have started with, some friends were coming over, and I told them, "Hey, in the field next door, there's a one-eyed horse," and they didn't believe me. 
So then what you're doing is you're putting the audience in the position of the kids who also don't know whether or not there's a one-eyed horse, right? And so then you tell the whole story, and you're like, trust me, there is. And they came over, and they, and they said, no, I don't believe me. And you said, I'll show you right now. And I went over there, and I picked up the grass, and I did the sound and the and all the different horses came over and i fed the first horse and he had two eyes and the kids were like see two-eyed horse and i was like yeah and i fed the second horse and he had two eyes and they were like see you big liar this two-eyed horse and then the third horse and they said see he has two eyes and he said look closer and they turned his head and revealed on the other side and then you describe everything you already told us about with the missing the thing and so on and they and they lost their mind whatever that is. But that's the, that's the, that's the punchline is the reveal of the sure enough one-eyed horse. Wow. That's how you do it. That's really good. That's one way to do it. Okay. What's the next topic? 